Hey everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan and I am still joined by my co-host, Mr. Dave Hogue. Hello, sir. Hello. It's good to be here with you again and doing our 18th podcast. I know. That's, that's, I feel like I say this too often, but it seems like a milestone. <laughs> uh, Dave, I just, I, I, I was watching the WWDC keynote when Dave came over to record today. And so if, if I ever, if I seem distracted while talking, it's because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to afford a new iPad. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm pretty excited. We'll have a link in the show notes for all you nerds out there that appreciate things like that. But I think on to more, uh, appropriate <laughs> things for this podcast. Uh, a little bit of, a little bit of follow up last week we followed up about she-bears and mauling of, of people. And um, we decided that if we were to ever make a t-shirt, the first t-shirt that we might make would be one that said, Pride cometh before the she-bears. <laughs> Which I think is rather funny and would make a very interesting t-shirt and conversation starter. Um, and so my buddy Nick uh, sent me a text message this week as he was listening to episode 17 and said, I want a Pride cometh before the she-bears t-shirt. So... That makes three of us that want one. Uh, here's the deal. If we can get 10 or 15 people that would be willing to buy a Pride Cometh Before the She-Bears t-shirt, we will make one, and we will sell it to you, and you can wear it with, not with pride, because that would lead to She-Bears, Dave, <laughs> but you can wear it with humility, <laughs> so the She-Bears do not come for you. Yes. Uh, so if you would be willing or are interested in Perhaps owning a one-of-a-kind Pride Cometh Before the She-Bears Masterclass t-shirt. Do tell us. Dave, how might someone tell us that they are interested in such a shirt? Ah, they have many ways that they can get a hold of mm, us. Many much ways. Many much ways. Um, I still think the best way to get a hold of us is through Twitter. And you can reach us at our, um, well, our Twitter handle that is for the actual class, and that is at Masterclass FM. If you would like to get a hold of Cam in particular, that is at Cam Brennan, or you can reach me at 108HBO. 10 and HBO are the actual letters. 8 is the number 8. Uh, we will also accept your email. So <laughs> you can email us at masterclassfm at gmail.com. Um, in addition, uh, we, we do have a website, and that is um, masterclassfm.com. Dot com. It is dot Because com. it was way cheaper than dot <laughs> FM. That French Micronesia, man. They charge so much money for that for that uh, domain name. But there's a place to, in addition to looking at the uh, show notes and things like that, you can actually leave us a message there. You can contact, you can subscribe, you can donate, you can read the blog posts, you can do all that stuff at the website. So and we have recommended resources too, like reading lists, books to read, yep. that sort of stuff as well. Absolutely. And just think if you get a pride comes before the she bear t-shirt, what a great way to share with people because you know, they're going to ask, what is that all about? You know, if you're running around in your air Jesus t-shirt or, <laughs> uh, God's gym, <laughs> Jesus uh, is my homeboy. Yeah. Yes. Which <laughs> I've owned two of those three. Now I won't say which ones. Um, People probably, you know, they they know what those are about. Yeah. So they may be turned away. But the She-Bear t-shirt, what a great opportunity to go. What is that shirt all about? Yeah. Get that chance to... 
to share with them. So, yes. But yeah, so that's how you can get a hold of us. Yeah. So seriously, I'm not joking about the shirts because I really, really want one. It's just going to be a lot more affordable if we get, you know, at least 10 people <laughs> to buy them. So uh, do we have any other follow up, Dave, or anything else that you want to alert us to before we dive into uh, today's main topic? I am not aware of any follow-up, so All right, we then. can just jump right in this week. So Sounds good. We're going to yep. make it a quick early part of the podcast. Hopefully that will give us more time to, to discuss. Yeah, because I've got some questions about this guy. All right. Would you do us the I, honors? I was going to say, I will, look, I will uh, read Matthew six nineteen through 24. And once again, we're reading from the ESV um, which I, I, I will say this, I have noticed it's very similar to the NIV. There's not, they're similar. That's all I'll say. They're similar. I, this is one of those verses where I read multiple different translations as I was looking at it. So anyway, here we go. Verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, which neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if the eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, then, the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. All right. First question, Dave. Yes. Does this mean that we shouldn't save up money or invest? Because you could read it that way, maybe. You could read it that way. Should we? Are we supposed to? I, yes. I, the short answer is yes, we should. Uh, and answer the question is no. Because <laughs> the question says, does this mean we should... Oh, does this mean we shouldn't save up money or invest? So I would say, yes, you should save your money. Um, you should invest. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time uh, with his stuff, but I do know that Dave Ramsey is a good resource for uh, some of that kind of thing. Um, I think if you look at the Bible as a whole, that there's definitely this sense of um, working hard uh, and having a job and earning a living so that you can provide for yourself and that you can provide for your family is a very biblical principle. Um, I even think that um, it is what we are um, it, it, it is what we are supposed to do. I started to say what we're designed for, but if I think about the Genesis story, I think work came after the fall. Um, well, I'm going to disagree with you. I was going to say, well, I'm, I'm thinking through this. I said I was about to say. Because Adam had jobs before yes, the fall. Yes, he did. They so. were naming the animals and all that stuff. It's just after the fall, they sucked. It, it, it became <laughs> yeah. labor. So Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I, I will say we are designed for work. And I even think it goes to a lot of that, that initial premise of what brought us to doing this class of just... Uh, you know, the Christian faith being a thinking faith. And um, I think there is a very real aspect of um, our faith, 
our journey is played out in uh, the job that we do. And we spend a lot of time, um, well, I will, I, I will say in general, I'm, I'm going to speak sort of for myself and then speak for uh, a lot of conversations with people that I've had of this sense of feeling like you have to be in the right job, in the God-called job. And it seems like me and the people that I talk to, the job you're in never seems to be the job that God called you to. It always <laughs> seems like there's something better out there. But Dave, the grass so, is greener on the other side. They use miracle Grow. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so, th- so my short answer is, is I do believe that we are supposed to do those things, and I do believe that um, work is a part of who we are. Okay, well, quick aside, a great book on the idea of work in God and mankind uh, is by Timothy Keller, or Tim, as I call him. Uh, <laughs> Every Good Endeavor, we'll have a link to it in the show notes, and we might even you know, have a blog post or something in the future, but I just wanted to let you guys know it's, it's an incredible book. It's really, really good, especially for those of us who go to church where they don't really talk about what faith in the workplace looks like. They want you to be good Christians on Sundays and figure out the rest on your own. This is a great place to start, um, for figuring out what it means to be, um, a follower of Christ in your place of work. Um, but now back to the question, uh, it says, do not lay up your do not lay up for yourselves. This is why I have you read the Bible because I have a master's degree in it and I can't read it. Apparently do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So my, my initial question does this mean we shouldn't save money or invest is I'm assuming that's what he said. He means when he says, do not lay up treasures on earth. And so I think if you're saying that we're supposed to save money and we're supposed to be wise with the money that we're given so that we can provide um, for our families, what what is the differentiation between saving and being wise financially so that you can provide for your family um, versus storing up treasures? What is, what, what's the differentiation there? Because they can easily be confused, I think. Um. I, on on one level, I, I would say that this is a very, and maybe it's true of everything that we've talked about, but you sincerely have to go before God and ask him for what he is asking of you. Because um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having worldly possessions. And I don't think there's anything wrong with um, having money in the bank. I don't think there's anything wrong with um, doing well for yourself. I think what it, it means is, what do you worship? What do you, what do you hold as most important? Um, and so if, um, you know, I'm working beyond um, what I need to provide to my family because it becomes a status symbol for me, it's a symbol of my success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I need the sixty or $70,000 SUV, because that's going to make me look successful. That is probably the wrong motivation there. Um, if, um, you know, you are, you, and, and, I, and I guess even in that sense, it's, it's an element of if you have more value in your things, you know, you just, you just hold on to them. I think that's where it really comes from. Um, because uh, you look at throughout the Bible, there are plenty of people in the Bible who have things and 
God blesses them. You know, he's the giver of all good things. So I think that is okay. It is how important is that to you? Does that become your driving force in life or does your driving force in life to glorify God and to share his love with others? Um, because you can certainly have things and not be consumed by the things. You can certainly have very little and be consumed by very little. Um, mm-hmm. Having traveled to different countries around the world, I see that you know just because people are poor doesn't mean that they treasure things uh, more than they should. You know, just because you have a little um, doesn't mean you're more holier than somebody who does have. I don't think there's an implicit just because now. If God is calling you to be somebody like a Mother Teresa, which obviously those are few and far between in our world, then, you know, um, I think Mother Teresa was given the um, Nobel Peace Prize and she was given a Cadillac. And so... <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Because you, you, you get, a, you get a, a financial reward and then you get a... Like she was the MVP in the Super Bowl. Yeah. She gets... What is she going to do with the Cadillac? Well, she sold it, as you would imagine. I was going to say. But. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, um, and honestly, this is one of the things that I've really struggled with. Because I've I've kind of always been of the opinion that if you're a Christian, you should have almost nothing. And as life has gone on, God has continued to bless my wife and I. Mm -hmm. And um, we've just kind of been like, okay, God, thank you for this blessing. And help us to use it, use it for your glory, and um, hold on to it very loosely, you know, um, because you don't know when it would be gone tomorrow. So I don't know. Am I answering your question? It seemed like you're. Yeah. No, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm processing. <laughs> you're processing. That's it's my first day off. Well, that's not true. I had a four day weekend a while ago, but like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my brain is still on vacation mode. Um, and and as a whole in this country, we are incredibly spoiled. Oh, yeah. And so... What did I just get done spending two hours doing? Yeah. Watching a bunch of rich white guys and women uh, from Apple touting the latest technologies. And all I could think was, I must have them. <laughs> you know, and so I guess, you know, and then there, there's twofold too is, is, you know, you invest, you provide your for fam- provide for your family... And then do you give it away? Mm-hmm. You know, you should be, if you have much, you should be pretty free to give of what you have. And, um, you know, um, I, it, yeah. I suck at that. <laughs> I'm not a good giver. I'm, I'm far more generous with my time and my belongings than I am with my money, if that makes sense. Sure. I would rather, I'll go help you move i'll help you paint your house i'll mow your lawn while you're out of town i'll let you borrow my lawnmower i'll let you borrow my car to move a bunch of wood you want 20 bucks for a missions trip Mm, god i really (laughs) wanted to go eat wendy's today like all of a sudden that generosity is just like nope and it's and i don't i think for me money is a a uh button Oh, really? Because I like spending money, and I like spending money on stuff that I want. Right. You know, my wife, you know, won't want to go uh, shopping, you know, for work clothes or whatever. I'm like, but you, ha- you have this, this, and that. And she's like, well, I need it for the... And I'm like, well, that's a really good reason, but I still don't want you to spend that money because I want to spend that money on right. something I don't need. 
Um, and so I, I think the, the reason why I am so interested in this passage is because I really want to know <laughs> where the boundaries are here. Like, what can I get away with right. from a completely selfish perspective and, and, and what's you know going against what Christ is saying? And, and based on what you're saying, and, and I think that you're correct, it's not about where the line in the sand is, about how much you can make or how much you can spend on yourself and how much you should give. It's the, the motivation of when it says storing up treasures, treasures are things that have value, that, um, that you desire, that you want to protect, that you want to uh, have long term, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the only treasures that you can take with you from earth to heaven are of a spiritual nature, right? right. You can't take your money. You can't no. take your iPad. You can't take your, your $70,000 Escalade with DVD <laughs> screens and Bluetooth, this or like, you can't take those things with you. Right. And so when it's telling us not to lay up treasures on earth, but to lay them up in heaven where the physical things that are going to destroy anything we have on this planet, um, don't affect it. It's to me, it's saying, the things like that that have ultimate value, the things that we cherish, the things that we um, strive for are the things that are going to last eternally. Right. And my iPad is not going to last eternally, right? Yeah. Apple is not going to last eternally. Chevy is not going to last eternally. These are all things that are going to stop. And so if I'm placing ultimate value and ultimate um, satisfaction or um, position amongst my friends in things that are fleeting, then I'm kind of missing the point of what Christ is saying here. Throughout all of the Sermon on the Mount to this point, you know, he's almost saying, you've heard it said, have nice things and put your value in nice things, but I'm telling you, doesn't matter if you have nice things or not. It's more important that your value and your ideals are placed in me. And let me provide for you, like the Lord's Prayer says. Like, you know, he says, you've seen uh, the lilies of the field and the animals and they're provided for you. How much more does God love you than one of them? Like, provide God, God will provide what we need. And it's our... He, he's encouraging us to let our motivations be pursuing him and pursuing him and pursuing him and not how can I keep up with the Jones? Right. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, there are certainly people that are probably called to do that, to, to be at a st- point in their life where they really have to depend on God to provide. Uh, it might even be a season for somebody. Where for a time in your life, you have to, you know, really allow God to provide for you, uh, which I truly uh, believe he will do. Um, so, yeah, it, it um, and I would, you know, there are probably blessings that come from some people that do nothing but that. Um, nothing but allowing God to meet their prayers. Um, and I'm thinking of somebody, and I, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm getting my historical figures mixed up or not. But um, are you familiar with Reese Howell, Intercessor? No, you, but you brought him up I a couple of episodes ago. Um, gosh, and I probably, that's one of those books I probably should go back and read because I read it many, many years ago, um, probably 20 years ago. And I, I hope I'm historically correct on this, but I want to say that he truly 
Yeah, because it was intercession. It was intercession prayer, and so he started from a point of, I'm I'm not gonna if if I need it, God's gonna provide it for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for everything I need, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do fundraising, I'm not gonna ask for money, and sure enough, God provided him with everything he needed to the point where he ended up starting a college, you know, had more money than he needed to start um, a uh, an orphanage and that sort of a thing. So there's you know there's a very concrete examples throughout history of um, biblical Christian people that allowed God to provide for them. So that is certainly a call that God places on some people. Um, but it's I, I, I still think it comes down to where's your heart and what's your focus on. If you have things and that's what you're worshiping, then not good. If you don't have things and you're worshiping things, not good. You know, it, Paul talks about being content in plenty and in want. So, um, and he knows what it's like to be content in plenty and in want. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I'll be quite, I very much believe that you had to give up everything and be poor to really follow Jesus. Like that was, I believe that that was, those two things were inherent in each other. And I just feel like throughout my, my journey that God has showed me that that is not the case. Uh, I also think sacrificial giving is important too. Not just giving, but giving beyond the point where um, you are choosing to give up something so another person can have. You know. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So we're uh, we're helping to plant a church, and um, we had a meeting last night, and and part of what we're being encouraged to do as the launch team is like if we consider this to be our church home we need to start giving to it like it is and start tithing and Mary was like well should we should we write a check and I was like no we need to go home and check this and it was like because I wanted to make sure that if we were going to give we were going to give you know the exact amount that would be like okay to give and I don't want to you know throw in a check for 200 bucks when that's going to throw other you know what I mean right. like my excuse was budgetary when it was just like no nah, I'm not I, well, I'd rather wait till um, and so it was kind of like a cop out on my part yeah. because again giving people money is <laughs> hard for me because <laughs> I'm selfish about it yeah but moving on so treasures in heaven um, how how do we store these up, or how do we how do we get the treasures in heaven that are talked about here? I I think that um, we live with a try to live a God centered life, um, where um, our time with Him is not just when we're with other Christians. We're not just on Sunday mornings. Not just. Um, you know, not just when when it's convenient to be a Christian. I think it's 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 having, and this is again central to what we're talking about here. It's what Jesus had to say has an impact on our lives, and so um, I, and I've totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> how how are we supposed to store oh, up store heaven treasures in heaven? I don't think we do. I think we live a life that is focused on him and allow him to deal with it, take care of that for us. Um, 
you know, I, I, I do think that that's, that's kind of his decision, how he wants to reward us. And I, I certainly believe that making decisions here on earth will have an impact on uh, what we have in heaven. And if you're in the room next to the icebox or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and that's, I, I, I believe that there's salvation for everybody. I believe there's going to be joy for, for everybody up there. Um, but I also believe that there's going to be certain things that certain people get to do that not everybody gets to do. Um, do I have a strong basis for why I believe that? Probably not. Um, <laughs> But, and ultimately, I think that's up to God. But I certainly think there's going to be greater rewards for the way somebody lived their life, like a Mother Teresa, versus somebody that makes a decision towards their end of their life uh, to accept God as their Lord and Savior. That salvation is going to be there and that eternal life is going to be there. But I think there's going to be access to certain things that just are for a certain few. And in God and in His infinite wisdom uh, can have a place where jealousy doesn't exist. That people are truly happy for the person that has those kinds of opportunities in heaven. Interesting. So, that might be something worth following up on. Yeah, I should probably some research. give you some my my uh, scriptural basis behind that. Besides just going, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I see in verse twenty one it says, "For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." And so, if we're supposed to lay up treasures in heaven as opposed to here on earth um, it means that our heart has to be focused on heaven and not the things of earth if that mm-hmm. makes sense so like our what what is at the core of our being and our soul is focused on eternity and not on necessarily the temporal things of earth Um, Not to be so flippant as to say, well, I'm so focused on eternity that I'm going to stop paying my student loans and stop paying my taxes because that doesn't matter in the long term um, because you're going to put your family in a really bad position, Mm -hmm. right? So it's this, this idea that we do what we have to do on earth to live, but our heart, our, um, our, uh, long-term focus, our desire is on the things that are going to transcend time and be with us in heaven. Um, you know, and, and we even, you know, Christ says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God. Like, do your part here in society mm-hmm. to be to contribute to society, to live within the law of the land, to be um, present in the ways that are necessary, but to be present even more so in the things that are going to continue forever, which mm-hmm. would be being with God in eternity. So as much as I would like a three-step process for how to lay up my treasures in heaven, <laughs> like just a little finger roll into the heaven bucket, um, I think that honestly, like with most things in Christianity, there is no simple three-step process because that would defeat the whole purpose. It is a matter of the heart. And if we read throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's always about God wants to get to the root of the problem of mm-hmm. sin, and that is in the heart. And that is where the human condition comes in, and the problem of human nature, and good and evil, and all of this stuff. We try and make it about the ephemera, the things that surround it, 
where we live, how much money we make, who our friends are, how diverse our, you know, culture is and, and how progressive or conservative we are. And, and those are all factors, but they're all symptoms of, or reactions to what's going on in our heart. Mm -hmm. And Christ has always been about getting to the heart. Forget the rest of that stuff. We'll deal with it later. Not that it's unimportant, but the most important thing is that our heart gets corrected and the rest of that stuff will work itself out. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you that there's no real, like, easy answer to how we do that, laying up treasures in heaven, other than to say, if we're serious about it, and if we take Christ, if we take his words to be true, then we have to be willing to do the hard stuff, which is opening up the heart and discussing the things that make changing difficult mm -hmm. and being willing to let God work in the most sensitive, intimate areas of our lives. Yes. And it's a lot easier to cover that stuff up with money than it is to let God come in and, right. you know, I, I, I grew up in a well-to-do suburb of Detroit, um, best schools in the state, lots of money, um, anything you could ever want. Uh, 12 minutes from there there's this road that separates Gross Point from Detroit it's called Alter Road and you go from 500,000 to 1.5 million dollar mansions Bugattis, Maseratis, Porsches BMWs, Mercedes and then you cross the road and you've got burned down crack houses cars mm -hmm. on uh, cinder blocks murder rate is you know probably 60 percent higher you know going from 0.01 to <laughs> yeah um within within a 12 foot span and it's easy to see the differences on the surface between the rich white people and the poor black people in the situation mm -hmm. in detroit um, but one of the things that i grew up or one of the things that i figured out growing up in that area going to church in the rough part of town and living in the nice part of town and, and having friends from both areas is that people are people mm -hmm. yep, and they have the same problems at yeah. the root level. The only difference between the poor black folks in Detroit and the rich white folks in, in gross point is that the rich folks got to cover those problems up with nice cars and nice houses. But deep down the same thing that causes one person towards a drug addiction and the other person towards crime or one person towards workaholism and, and uh, satisfaction and money and another person in, you know, whatever it may be, is the same root problem. Yeah. They're just covered up in different ways. So yep. it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. The, the heart problem still exists. Yep. You just have different ways to try and uh, medicate it. So yep. that's my thought. <laughs> I, and I would agree with that very much so. All right, now the next one, I was kind of confused after this. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in, your, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What, what is, I don't, what, help, please, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I am not going to say that I get it. Um... Because even that phrase, how great the darkness, like goes, ooh. <laughs> like I hear that and it kind of makes me go, what darkness do I have in me? And if I have it, how great is that darkness? Because I do believe in the light. I'm, I'm going to uh, go 
maybe a little bit different route um, here. And I hope, um, well, I'm just going to pray that God uses uh, this. Um, on my Twitter account, I follow John Piper. And Interesting choice. He, uh, he had um, a little deal, and we'll put this on the, the show notes as well. Six wrong reasons to check your phone in the morning. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> and, and this is, I, I, I'm just talking about this. So when I get up in the morning, what is the first thing I look at? Okay. I generally look at my phone. Mm-hmm. And then he basically says, um, here are the six reasons of what you should look at wrongly. And he kind of has cute little titles for each of these. It's novelty candy, ego candy, entertainment candy, boredom, boredom avoidance, responsibility avoidance, and hardship avoidance. And so I think it is in terms of what do we look at? I'm using the phone and checking our phone as kind of a tangible thing for this. It's what do you look to to make you whole or attempt to make you whole or to make you have joy in your life and that sort of thing. And I don't think there's anything inherently evil uh, with my you know iPhone here because this is this is where I read scripture. Mm-hmm. I read scripture on my iPhone. I listen to audiobooks on my iPhone. I generally have a Christian. Um, but I, I just find that what is what is it that I am looking for when I go to my phone? And for me, it is not always to read scripture. That is not the first thing. That is not, and that really should be how we spend our day, or we should start our day. Um, yeah, because it's just as easy to tap on the Bible app as it is on the Twitter app. Right. And so I, I'm going to say this is one of the few things that I would say, if you're looking for a what should I do sort of thing, I'm going to say... Practical tip from Dave. Practical tip here. I'm going to say start your day with God. Um, call that a life hack nowadays, Dave. A life fact? Life hack. Life hack. Yes. Oh, okay. How to get better at life. Spend okay. time with God. Spend time with God. And I just think that's what where our day should go. And then I'm going to say throughout the day, when you start encountering different things, what is it you go to? When you get bored, do you go to God? And it's, no. I look to be entertained. I look to be... Well, but that's probably the main thing. When I get bored, I look to be entertained. So that's that's probably uh, what I do. When I am stressed out, uh, I have a tendency to do similar things. I have a tendency to look at things that are going to uh, take my mind away from what is stressing me out. Maybe not so much to be entertained, but to put those things out of my mind. To be distracted. Yeah. To be distracted. And so... Um, I guess, and I hope this isn't a too far of a stretch, but as I was reading this and I was meditating on it, I just felt like, where do my eyes go? What is it that I go to when I have these different things in my life and I want them, uh, I want them remedied? Uh, do I choose material worldly things or do I choose God? Mm -hmm. And I would say that an awful lot, I choose the material worldly things and, can't think of one time where that has lasted with any amount of substance in the moment. Do I like it? Probably. Yeah. But does this, does it last? No. Um, you know, and, and I, I know that there are plenty of people in this world that, um, you know, when you're feeling down, 
Do you go shop to make yourself feel better? Mm-hmm. You know, do you go get a hamburger and fries to make oh, yourself, you know, so good. <laughs> feel better? Do you go have a beer to make mm-hmm. yourself feel better? So I'm not sure I'm correct on this, which there, I, I will note that was one of the things that Cam prayed for us as we began our time together is just that we don't have to be right. We're more than willing for people to chime in and say, hey, I disagree with your thoughts on this. But our desire is to be sincere in what our answers are and hopefully pointing people towards God. And so um, if this isn't spot on, if I'm on this total random tangent, then let us know. <laughs> well, I I think it's an interesting way to look at it. And I'm going to go ahead and agree with you because like, it makes – I never would have thought of this, but it makes sense. So, so the eye is the lamp of the body. So uh, that's like um, a lamp obviously lets you see correctly um, what's in front of you. And it's also, for those, for those of us that have sight, the main input mechanism that we have as humans. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's sound and touch, but visually, I mean, that's how we navigate. That's how we walk. That's how we balance. That's how we drive. It's how we read. It's how we read other people's body language and faces. And, yeah. and even if you, you don't have hearing, you can read lips. Like the, the eyes are a very powerful input source to what we think, what we know, what we rely on. Um, we trust our eyes inherently, right? When I'm walking down the stairs, I'm trusting <laughs> that I'm seeing the stairs accurately. Right. So I don't fall on my face or for that matter up the stairs. Yeah. I fall just <laughs> as much doing that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, if, if the eye is healthy, if, if what we are choosing to look at, if what we are choosing to put into our minds and into our hearts is good, then your whole body will be full of light. So if we are, if we are putting in our bodies through that main portal things that are godly and righteous and good, then we are more apt to send that back out into our world than if I'm looking at things that I shouldn't like. If I'm looking at porn or if I'm looking at, um, uh, oh my gosh, um, other bad stuff, be it gossip or um, if I'm looking at, at, at violence that I'm not stopping or, or, or anything like that, then I'm more apt to put that stuff back out in the world because it's taking root in me. And again, this gets to the idea of the heart you talked about earlier where where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. If I'm, if I'm treasuring or if I'm, my first thought is I'm bored, I need to go do this. And it's something that's sinful and not God honoring as opposed to something that is honoring to God. Then, then I'm choosing the sinful thing into my, into my body, into my heart over the godly thing. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's never, that, I shouldn't say never, that was not what I would have thought about that verse, but I, I would tend to agree that there's a very practical application to that thing that I thought was super confusing before <laughs> this. So, Well, and like I said, I, it still challenges me because, um, you know, I, I know there's darkness in me. And so... It's kind of a scary thought. It is it? a scary thought because it's kind of like, wow... How dark is that darkness if it's in you who claims to be a follower of Christ who's Are you are you ever do you ever have interest to dive into that to see how dark it gets? Do or, I ever have Or interest? is that just me? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Because there's some days where I'm just like, I wonder what I'm capable of. <laughs> and oh, part know, of yeah. me is frightened, and part of me is also kind of like, I want to know. And I'm like, no, like, get away. Like, Because I feel like the devil is just kind of like, yeah, let's go. Let's go dive off that cliff. Let's right. go figure out what sure. you could do. And it just, I'm I'm almost kind of afraid if in the right situation, what I would choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, it, it, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Because that is the other thing is, is I, I have, I've come to the realization of never being surprised when I hear somebody has done something because I think all of us are capable of just about anything because what we keep from people in terms of what we don't, you know, we don't show, we, we all have that hidden side to us that we don't reveal to others. In that, I think there are things that, that we choose to do. And um, I, I've had, you know, I work in a very secular place and I've had people make the comment to me of, you know, Dave Hogue would never cheat on his wife. And I, whenever, and it's it has been said to me more than once, and I'm just always like, don't ever put me in that category. And people are kind of like, well, why would you cheat on your wife? And it's like, I, that is not my desire. I can genuinely say that is not my desire. But to say I would never, ever do something like that, I said, I, you know, I am fully human and I'm fully capable of doing the very thing that you would say I would never do. And that seems like the way it always is, is the very thing that you're like, <laughs> this person would never do X. It's like the big red button. Now you yeah. have to touch it. And so it's just like, and so... Yeah, I love my wife dearly and would never imagine of doing something like that or never desire to do something like that, you know. But in those dark places, who knows? And so, I don't know, I'm rambling here a little bit. But, um, yeah, there is darkness in all of us. And um, I, it is. It's truly amazing what the human spirit, our sinful nature, could do. Um especially when you see people out there doing it poorly. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. I have that jaded side of being a police officer where you see people do a crime and they do it poorly. And it's like, God, if you would have just done this, you could have totally gotten away with it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've had conversations about yep. that in the past. Yep. So If we were to rob a bank, this is how we would do it. <laughs> but we're not going to. Don't worry. Especially now that we just talked about it on the internet. Yep. We just got the NSA to listen to our podcast. We just went on a list somewhere. Yep. Well, hello, government agents. I hope hope your cold cut sandwich is tasty. Um. All right, so I guess we can we can move on here. I'm gonna go to the last question, and this is kind of a general question, but I think will allow us to kind of sum up everything that we talked about so far. Where how do we know where our loyalties lie when it comes to where our treasure is. How, how do we know? Is it with God or is it with something else? Is there a way to know where our loyalties lie? And if so, what is it? Um, you know, I, I think, again, it's we constantly need to be in a relationship with God, a two-way conversation where we're talking to Him, we're making the effort to listen to Him, um, I think he speaks to us through scripture. I think he speaks to us through other people. And I do believe that he speaks through us through our conscious, that still s- small voice that is in us. And um, while maybe not going to the dark side to see what am I fully capable of, but kind of going to God and saying, God, search me, know me. Uh, I come before, I know, I know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Careful um, what you ask for. Exactly. But I think it I think it's a part of the journey of, of being closer to him of just saying, God, is there some place is there an unchecked place in my life that you would like me to deal with? And the thing that's awesome about God is 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 um, intimidating and daunting as that may be. Uh, he doesn't reveal it to us all at once. He'll generally give us one area or maybe one area that's affected by multiple things. Of, And so I think that you, you go to him and just say, God, is, are there? do I have treasures um, that I am seeking that is not of you? And I, I do believe that he will uh, reveal those things to us. And then I think you mentioned it earlier where you talked about money being something for you is it's just sort of what is it that you hold on to that you won't let others have that you won't let God have that you won't you know give up and um yeah I think he'll I think he'll I think he'll reveal those things to you and I think deep down I think we all know as well if we're sincere about our self-reflection I think Mm -hmm. you can look at things and go yeah I hold a little too tightly to that. Well, and I think that to get, I mean, your, your answer was absolutely spot on. Um, but I think to get very practical, you have to care, first of all. Like, mm-hmm. it has to be something that you actually want to do. It can't be like one of those, oh, well, I mean, if God wants to do all the heavy lifting, then I guess, like, no, you have to yeah. genuinely want to know what it is that, is preventing you from being closer with God. And then you have to be honest about those answers. Uh, you can't, um, I'm trying to think of a way of saying this without cussing. You can't put a half effort in. If you get what I was about to say, yeah. it has to be a full effort. It can't be one cheek. It's gotta be. Both. Yes. <laughs> um, so you, you have to be honest with yourself, but also you have to let other people in. Because other people are going to see your blind spots quicker than you will. And they, if they are good friends and if you have that sort of relationship where trust is there, they're going to call you on your blind spots. Even if you may acknowledge that they're there, they're going to help in that area. Um, and so, yeah, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a desire to follow God. It is a work of the Spirit for sure to prune us, but it's also an honest and open approach from yourself and from a few close friends, you know, that's what discipleship is, right? Mm -hmm. Is leading each other towards Christ. And part of that is the good stuff, uh, or I shouldn't say good, the happy stuff, celebrating together, um, growing together. But some of that is also like, dude, I see this in your life and this has to stop because it's going to lead you down this path or Mm -hmm. I see this having a negative effect on your life or your relationships or whatever and and having friends that are willing to do that is great but you also have to be willing to accept it yeah which is a huge step for everybody I would say and I you know I think we've we've kind of come from a very materialistic approach on this and as you were kind of talking I think you know a lot of times our treasures may not be just physical things. It could be your status as a mom. You know, I want to be seen as a good mom mm-hmm. who goes the extra mile for my kids and, you know, does these different things. Or it could be, you know, your desire for a title or status at work. Um, it could be your desire and status, um, uh, you know, in the community. Um, you know, it, it, it may not be just physical, concrete, material things. 
Um, it can certainly be, um, you know, it, it, it could be if you're, you know, you're lonely. It could be the idea that, hey, finding the perfect other person is going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And God's like, well, oh, and that's not I think it. one of the hardest places to be in your late 20s or early 30s and single is the church. Because mm-hmm. everyone's like, why aren't you married yet? Right. You know, and I, I, I feel like the pressure that the church, not all churches, but a right. general amount of churches put on that age group that's single is would lead to that sort of yeah. incorrect um, emphasis on on that yeah. error. Sorry, I cut you off. I no, no, you're fine. Uh, you know, or just even the whole, like, I want to make the right decision. I never want to make the wrong decision. And I, I, I find myself, that's one for me. I always want to do the right thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. And I don't, you know, there's multiple reasons for that. And, I, you know, God's just kind of like, I can use the wrong decisions, too. I can be glorified in the wrong decisions. <laughs> Been there, done that. We'll, you know? <laughs> we'll get it sorted. And so, so you know, there are, just, there are things that, you know, if I get so focused on doing the right thing, uh, I can, it becomes about me and what I'm doing and not really just, um, you know, submitting to God and going, God, it really doesn't matter if I make the right decision because... You're, the wrong decision, can you can still be glorified in that, you know, or just my comfort in general, how much I worry about my comfort or my sleep, you know, things that I just put before God. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all things that we could consider, you know, treasures. So not just, not mature, not just material wealth or money and investment. Not just the Apple watch. <laughs> Anyways, well, I think we've come... To the end of episode 18, Dave. Would I think you, so, too. Would you concur? I would agree. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the 18th episode of the Masterclass. I hope that you are doing well wherever and whenever you may be listening to this. Today's June 8th. Who knows what day it is when you're listening. I guarantee you it won't be today because we're not releasing it until tomorrow. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with us about anything that we've said or the T-shirt... Uh, let us know again. We're at masterclass FM on Twitter, or you can email us, uh, masterclass FM at gmail.com. You can find all the show notes, including to the, including the links to all the stuff that we talked about today at masterclass FM.com slash masterclass slash the number 18. That's just the digits one and eight. It's a pretty tricky number. I feel like I had to explain it. We're getting real high here. D A C O C O. Oh, see now <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't speak Spanish, Dave. <laughs> Uh, no habla espanol. All right. Well, now that we've gone <laughs> bilingual here, should we say uh, au revoir to all of our amis? Adios. Oh, boy. Amigos. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs>